0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tri-Lawyer Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Tri-Lawyer Podcast. I am your host, Casey Arbenz, father of two, husband of one, triathlete, lawyer, um, normal dude. <laughs> a podcaster. Although to be fair, I've been slacking a bit on my podcast and, uh, it's not for a lack of good material. It's really just been about a lack of time and maybe a little bit of lack of focus on the things that are most important. Um, but that said, um, I've been having a lot going on both in the legal world and the triathlon world. And of course the family world and, uh, my kids are doing great. They're six and seven, absolutely loving life. And, uh, most recently i had an opportunity to take my son fletch down to california where i grew up in uh, north north coastal as they would say down there and we both competed at oceanside 70.3 ironman oceanside 70.3 and uh, he did the iron kids race the night before and uh it was really fun really cool to see him out there we uh you know it's a long it was a long trip, so we left um, Tacoma, or Gig Harbor, uh, Thursday after work, basically. Got in late and um, rented a car. Got to my mom's house, probably. She was in Carlsbad, California. We got there probably about 11 or 11.30, and she had a new dog uh, who's uh, proven to be a challenge, uh, to say the least. And then my brother and his wife, uh, my brother Josh and his wife Jenny, came over to, to see us um, and we stayed up till about 1230 and then got up uh, pretty early the next day and went to my brother's restaurant. It's called Stratford at the Harbor. Uh, he's got two of those, one in Oceanside, one in Del Mar. We went to the Oceanside one and he's also got a coffee shop called Pier View Coffee in Oceanside, uh, right there off the Oceanside Pier, which is right where the, the race is. And so anyway, we um, went to breakfast and then we went out to uh, inland to Rancho Bernardo, where my grandmother, who's hundred and one, which is amazing is uh, is living and and doing pretty well start body's starting to fail her a little bit, which is which is too bad you know just the ability to use her legs and to get up and down uh, and really walk is is uh, unfortunately fading and she's lived a very active life and, and so it's it's tough to watch, but it's also you know sort of what you might expect <laughs> it's pretty funny um, and i'll I'll talk about it in a second, but we uh, after the race went out to dinner and drove back out to see her again and went out to dinner and had a nice dinner, and she was asking about the the race and uh, I was telling her and she said, "Look, <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to walk uh, at 101. You're gonna be uh, out of commission a lot earlier if you keep this up." So I don't know if that's true or not. I recognize, you know, we do put some pretty severe stress on our bodies as triathletes. Um, at the same time, I like to think that we are developing habits and lifestyle choices that will last us you know well into our 90s and then hopefully um that commitment to to things and doing exercises and stretching and, and you know squats and lunges and you know if we keep doing that stuff as long as we possibly can then i think we got a pretty good shot uh at staying you know mobile uh, as long as possible so anyway um back to where we were so we went out to see her uh, in Rancho Bernardo and um, got back. And I love Oceanside, but it is a bit of a, a, of a challenge. It's it's the best place, though. And it was a funny day. I woke up Friday, you know, probably say around 8, and there was not a cloud in the sky. And, you know, I mean, it's late October, and so it was October 30th. So I was thinking, well, uh, I got to wear a jacket, right? I got to wear a sweatshirt or something to go to breakfast. But I'm because it's California, here I'm gonna wear I'm gonna wear shorts and I'm gonna wear flip flops. So uh, I put on a, a flannel and step outside, and man, uh, I was sweating almost immediately. So ended up being about a 76 degree, 78 degree day, and uh, on the coast, which means it was you know in the high 80s inland, but it was unbelievable. And the weather down there, I grew up down there. I forget how good it is, and I'm quickly reminded how different it is when you live in Seattle or Tacoma or Gig Harbor where I live. And, uh, and then you travel down to California, how nice it is down there. That's not to say it's always nice, right? You, we all know that the Ironman in, in Sacramento got canceled for severe weather. The, the monsoon that swept through, but that was just really unfortunate timing, and that doesn't happen all that often. But um, anyway, we we uh, got back uh, Friday about, say, 2 o'clock, and it was a pretty uh, trying logistical challenge. This is the fourth time I've done this race side the half Man down there but you know it's a lot of walking you gotta park and walk and um, do your check-in there by the pier and then go over to where the transition area is pick up your bike which I use tri-bike transport and pick up your bike and then um, you know go set it up in uh, transition and then we had to hurry back to the pier which is probably a good mile away uh, to watch Fletch race, and a bunch of my family came out, and it was so cool. So we're in the in the starting chute and uh, ready to go, and I'd signed him up for the half mile race. He's seven. Um, well, I didn't realize, frankly, that there was two races because uh, my mom had kind of helped me with the sign up, and so we got in the starting chute, and uh, right next to us was um, Tim O'Donnell, uh, who as most of you who are into triathlon know is married to marina carfrae and marina carfrae has won kona three times and her husband tim o'donnell was the is probably the is arguably the the top american triathlete he was second at kona behind uh Jan in 19 so as far as world championships go uh you know he's the most recent american to be on the podium and uh, he was second place in the world so they have um a child together and um so i I, as we were setting up, I saw, I saw T.O. and uh, their daughter uh, getting set up and we were right, right next to them. And so, uh, Fletch and, and, and uh, I, I'm blanking on the daughter's name at the moment, but they all, Izzy, Izzy, they all took off. They took off at the same time. Now, now Fletch Trounster, uh, <laughs> as he uh, has bragged about a couple of times since, uh, although, she was pretty impressive and he's seven and she's about three and a half. So, uh, <laughs> we've had a good laugh about that, but, um, it was cool. And he ran the whole way, which is cool. So I ended up being the mile race. So here, Tio's putting his, his daughter, I think unknowingly as well in the mile race at about three and a half. And I put my son in the mile race, uh, at seven. And, uh, but there were a lot of kids, uh, you know, struggling or running too fast out of the gate, all the things kids do. Uh, but I was really proud of Fletch. He ran the whole way and uh, was smiling the whole way, which was really cool. He really enjoyed it. And he's got pretty bad asthma on it. So I was a little worried about it. But to his credit, he uh, kept charging. And weirdly, he wasn't asthmatic afterward, which is uh, not always the case when he when he runs hard. So I was very proud of him. And uh, he was really proud of himself. And it was really cool. And so we uh, had a, uh, I can't even remember what we had for dinner that night. Uh, kind of had a, Oh, and my mom and my dad and my brother—we all went out uh, together and had a great time. And I'm trying to think exactly where we went. We went to his coffee shop for a while, and then we walked. Uh, oh, we walked to a, a local hotel right there in Oceanside. And the vibe was so good with all the racers coming in. And there's something about an off-season race when you know most of the participants are from areas where the weather is really lousy, and then you go to Oceanside and you're just—I mean, you just. Can't help but just be stoked to have such nice warm weather. So we sat out on a patio, watched the sunset, and uh, got excited about the race, as I do. I, you know, I didn't drink any alcohol, and um, I really tried to be calm and chill. Um, sometimes I get a little stressed out. Just not a big deal about my parents. I mean, they're divorced, so it's sometimes a little awkward just because of that. But it wasn't a huge deal. It was more. Um, you know, I get a little tense before the race and then I was kind of dealing with seeing my grandma on a lot of travel, a lot of logistics getting set up. I got my son with me, who's great, but he's not, you know, all that interested in triathlon and wants to talk about Pokemon nonstop. And so, um, I was a little, maybe a little more stressed than I wanted to be, but I was trying to be chill cause I'd had such a good race, you know, at, at Ironman, half Ironman, uh, Washington you know, about a month before. And what I took away from that race was how chill I was going into it uh, and how I wanted to, to copy that and model that. So anyway, I did uh, the same stuff really that I did in, in Washington. Uh, a couple of key things that I really focused on during the race um, were uh, having a good swim, trying to get as much drafting effect as possible. It was definitely harder in this race because I was up again towards the front, but it was an ocean start out in the surf and that kind of broke up. All the, everybody and so and, and there's such a it's such a difference when you go off in the waves um, your heart rate spikes you know that much higher and then you have to you have to break up your stroke and, and do duck dives and do a little breaststroke you kind of get your bearings and get oriented as to where you are if you get tossed around a little and so you're not really swimming in a pack like you might be um in a, in a more traditional lake type start and so um but I, my plan was to, to draft as much as possible and swim, um, have really fast transitions, which in the past, I've really wasted a lot of time goofing around and transition or just kind of like walk jogging to my bike. And I didn't do that. I sprinted pretty hard, although it was a long, long haul. But, um, you know, got on the bike, got off to what I thought was a pretty good start. Um, and then after the bike, you know, another very fast transition and uh, drank my bike. Bottle of Coke, uh, which has become a staple for me, you know, a, a big bottle, an airport size bottle of uh, of plain Coke that I uh, flattened flattened out uh, the night before, and um, and then uh, my goal really was a PR on the run. I had a PR uh, at Washington, like a one thirty six fifty two, I want to say, and I thought, gosh, if I can break that, uh, that would be that would be sweet, and so. Everything um, you know, the morning of I went, I got up early, you know, it's kinda lonely. My wife and I do these races together most of the time and it's way more fun, frankly, to have her with me. Um excuse me. And so we um I, I didn't have her, so I just got up early, like four, had my breakfast of uh peanut butter on a on a bagel, um and a banana. And I try not to drink a lot in the morning. I know it probably makes some sense for purposes of staying hydrated, but uh, I, it also slows me down because I have to pee a lot. And so I try not to drink a lot in the morning, uh, try to use the toilet a few times as everybody who does these races will tell you, even though I don't typically talk about that kind of thing uh, publicly, but uh, did, did my business and um, went out and parked and kind of hung out in my car for a little bit, just kind of chilled, trying to mentally focus for the race and also just be relaxed and have fun. And then I went and uh, looked up Watched a few of the pros set up. And then I saw, I looked up a couple buddies that I knew were racing and went, said, hello, people I see usually only at this race and, um, uh, met a new guy, <laughs> met a new guy, uh, met a friend, a uh, guy that I went to, I uh, didn't, didn't know, but went to my rival high school. And, uh, we had talked the day before and then we talked a little more in the morning and then after the race and kind of got to know him, which was cool. Um, and, uh, And then got to the front, you know, that's what I like to do. And I love when you can just easily walk up to the front. They they stage these swimmers by expected time. And I don't follow that rule. I don't think anybody cares. I always just go to the fastest group, um, even though I'm certainly not that fast. I I typically swim between 31 and 34 minutes, 35 in old days. Um, And, but I went up with the 25 and under crowd and, uh, Went out there early. I like being amongst good swimmers. They tend to not um, bump into you as much, and I think people a lot of people think they'll like swim over you. Uh, people who are faster behind you. My experience has been that good swimmers will just swim right around you, um, and so and it was it was a little rough out there. There was some bumping and some pushing, and I think it was just mostly inadvertent. And so anyway, I had a good swim. Uh, did it about thirty three minutes, which was good for me you get a little buoyancy on that salt water and, uh, I didn't push it too hard, just kind of cruised and then, uh, jumped on the bike, had a good transition. And, uh, I will say the only real slight disappointment I'd, I'd say on the race was the, my bike time. Um, I can, I want to, I kind of want to blame the bike, which I wouldn't normally do in terms of making an excuse, but you know, I have a one by, I only, I only, I don't have a front derailleur. And so I've got 12 gears, but there are a couple of hills uh, one in particular the first big hill uh, it's at about the thirtieth between thirty and 35 miles and it's just a it's just a killer and I pretty much had to be out of the saddle for most of that hill and uh, that that I think probably cost me a couple minutes overall maybe not uh, but I felt a little gas towards the end I also had a little bit which I don't typically have in a race but a little bit of the why do I care um, <laughs> Which <laughs> it's so funny because I'm so competitive. I usually get all pissed off anytime he like passes me. Um, but my only real goal, like I say, was to have a PR run. And so when I got past the, that hill and say, let's say it's at 32 miles, um, I kind of just went into cruise mode. It was like, look, you're not, you've already qualified for worlds next year. So there's no reason to crush yourself on the bike. Um, you want to have a great run and it's the last race of the season. And, you know, why be in pain when you don't need to be? So um, I don't think I like actually had the thought of I'm going to just scale back. But I know that I just wasn't in the mode of like, I got to catch every person in front of me. And a couple groups did break away from me, which doesn't really happen to me that often on a bike. I mean, I've got a fast bike. I've got a disc wheel. I've got all the reasons to be fast. And I just didn't I didn't care that much. And so I just kind of hung back. I totally screwed up everything. My watch. My, um, I, my watch was OK. But my uh, the power meter was off, so I couldn't even tell how hard I was working, and uh, my time was all off, and so I just I didn't really know where I stood on the race. Frankly, uh, I just figured you know do a do a solid ride, and then and then have a great run. And so it's pretty much what happened. I only thing I could really tell for sure was that I, when I got off the bike out of T two and started the run, I was at like three hours and twenty minutes on the race, um, and so managed to it was funny I, this is so gross thankfully I don't have uh, a widespread following on this podcast just yet but in, in Ocean or in um, Ironman Washington um, I never stopped to pee uh, at all and that was kind of cool and um, it saved me a lot of time and in this race um, I I had to pee I was running through T2 but it's a pretty long run and it just came and I just didn't fight it. I just let it go. Um, and so, you know, we out on the blacktop. I didn't figure it was that big of a deal to have a little pee running down. my leg. So I just went in my pants, uh, cause I didn't have any shoes on. And so it was kind of nice. It just went out. Uh, and then I was able to put on my socks and shoes and T2 and grab my bottle of Coke and my glasses and my hat and, uh, and go for the run. And the run was exactly what I wanted it to be. I went out, um, probably like seven forty five. My goal was to run under a seven thirty pace the whole way, um, to break that one thirty six fifty seconds uh, mark. And so I went out about seven forty five, seven fifty. And uh I may have done one of my first two miles in the eights. I don't have it right in front of me. Um, but I think I basically stayed under eight the whole way. And uh the 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 times just went slowly down and then I did reverse splits and uh ran my 13th mile at 6.45, and I felt pretty damn good the whole way. I'll, I'll say, you know, by the 10th mile, at the turnaround, so there's basically you do, um, for, for lack of a little bit, a little more than four, or let's say you do four a little more than three-mile loops. So they're like, say, 3.3 3 miles. I'm just doing the math off the top of my head, um, and it, it's a little broken up because you start and end at a slightly different place, you know, from the transition to the pier. But you basically are doing um, this little loop, um, this out and back twice. So um, by the time I hit the 10-mile the, the mark, uh, I was starting to fall apart a little bit, but just decided to charge and kept getting faster. And then I really laid it all out there that last mile. And there were a couple of really good runners that I'd kind of seen out in front of me. And uh, I targeted them on the stretch coming in uh, to the finish line, because um, you run right along, running north on the beach with the ocean to your left at Oceanside. And um, I targeted these guys and I, I tracked them all down. And several of them, you could tell they recognized me. And I think they were like, oh shit, uh, this is a guy that can that I, I should beat because I remember him on the bike and I had been in front of him on the run the whole way, um, but they didn't have the legs. And, I, and I, I passed them and held them off. So that was, that was pretty satisfying. So it ended up being, you know, not only a PR for the run, which is awesome. Uh, It was a PR for that race for me. Uh, I've done it. That was my fourth time. I did a 451 and I was really proud of that. I previously, my best was a 459. And then um, I'd done a 506 with a drafting penalty, which I deserved. I've talked about that before. Uh, And then I did like a 509 or 510. So um, yeah, it's been it's been uh, a, an absolute staple race for me. It's been awesome every single time. And to be 43, I'll be 44 in six weeks, <clears throat> excuse me, to be 44 almost and to um, be able to put up uh, personal bests on the run. I, got a, I ended up with like a 136, 722 mile pace um, and a PR at a race that I've been doing now for several years was really, really satisfying. I also think back to how frustrated I was during the pandemic when this race kept getting canceled and moved. And it happened at least twice, I think three times, because it was originally slated for early 2021, and then or early 2020, and then it moved to October 2020, and then it moved to April of 2021, and then moved to October of 2021. <coughs> Excuse me. I'll try to edit that out. Um. But anyway, it was so satisfying to actually get out there and do the race and do so well. So I am pumped. Um, it's another sign that, you know, you never give up. You can keep getting better. I plan to keep getting better. I've got a huge year next year. I'm doing the Ironman World Championships in St. George in May. I'm doing the Ironman World Championships for 2022 in Kona. And I'm doing the Ironman 70.3 World Championships in St. George at the end of October. So I couldn't be more stoked. I couldn't be more pumped about taking some time off right now, getting set, getting ready for the next year, getting prepared uh, to really go out and just do PRs all the way. I mean, I got so many to look forward to in terms of Ironman PRs, um, marathon PRs, um, a Kona PR for me, and then another PR hopefully at the the World uh, Championship there in in St. George, which all of which I fundamentally believe I can do. I've really dialed in my training and I'll talk about that more in the subsequent podcast. Um, But so much to look forward to. I'm so grateful. I've got such a supportive family. Uh, I've got a supportive uh, work. Uh, You know, my partners are great and uh, we're dealing with a lot right now and uh, I'll talk about it more. I've got some other podcast ideas slated for probably later this week that I'll try to get done and, and pushed out. Um, But until then, I want to thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of the Try Lawyer Podcast. We will see you next time.